Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, my name is Candace King. Welcome to a Super Bloom podcast, where I'm asking others who've experienced their own roadblocks, grief, or tough times to share in how their experiences went on to feed their souls. It's really hard to make friends when you move to a new city in your 30s. It's also a weird time to make new friends when you move to a new city, you're in your 30s, and you're in the middle of a divorce. At the start of 2021, I filmed a holiday movie called Christmas in Tune. It was produced by Heartbreak Productions' Paula Hart and her daughter, Melissa Joan Hart. Now, if you're asking yourself, wait, Melissa Joan Hart, like Clarissa explains it all, Melissa? Sabrina, the teenage witch Melissa, has been in all of my favorite Christmas movies, like every year for the last decade, Melissa Joan Hart? Yep, yeah, that one. While Melissa and I did meet, we didn't really have much time during filming to get to know each other. She did live locally in Nashville, but was busy balancing producing the film and being a mom to her three sons, while I was busy trying to act in the film and balance getting home to my two young daughters. It wasn't until last fall, when I was much more settled into living in Nashville, that I realized, hmm, I should probably try to make some friends. I pulled up my Christmas in Tune email list to essentially do the old person version of sliding into DMs, which is to track down someone's cell phone number and text them. Melissa very sweetly invited me out to movie nights with her mom friends, who are delightful. Uh, some morning workouts. I have made it to one. <laughs> Delicious brunches. Shout out to La Peep. We love La Peep. 
And then finally, we scheduled to meet up one-on-one for a walk around Radnor Lake State Park. Now, I'd recently had a big life change. And per my therapist, I was encouraged to make sure I had a support system, like a local friend to talk about things and feelings with face to face. Now, I didn't know how to casually bring up to anyone that due to recent big life changes, whenever paperwork would ask me about my marital status, I would now be required to check the separated and or divorced box. Well, fun fact, there is no casual way to talk about the D word. Halfway into our walk around Radnor Lake, it all just came pouring out of me. One chaotic, emotional sentence and tear at a time. You know, one of those wounds that leaks gross stuff, may need stitches, and smells if you don't change the bandages? Like, yeah, maybe there's healing involved and one day it will be better, but right now, it's just icky and disgusting. Lucky for me, I had a new friend who knew how to listen, had comforting things to say, and while she didn't necessarily help me change my emotional bandages, Melissa continued to check in and show up when I didn't even know I needed it. In the past, TV has always been my friend when I've felt lonely. Back when I was a kid, TV was one of my best friends. We had a standing date every Friday night, me and the television. The OG TJF was my jam. It was a two-hour time block on ABC of iconic television back in the 90s. Nothing was better than TGIF, thank goodness it's Friday. I just, oh, I wanted a love like Corey and Topanga, a wacky neighbor like Steve Urkel, and a magic friend with a talking cat like Sabrina. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was my favorite, not only because with a wave of her finger, she could change her outfit and clean her room, but also because the actress who played Sabrina, Melissa Joan Hart, had also played Clarissa in Clarissa Explains It All, another iconic show from the 90s. When Clarissa Darling would break the fourth wall and talk at the camera about how her parents just didn't understand and how kids just have to accept that we'll never understand our parents or our little brothers, I felt like she was talking directly to me. Out-of-body experiences don't happen every day, but let me tell you, having a brand new friend jump into the emotional trenches with you when you are in your 30s in the middle of a divorce be the same person who was once on your TV screen in the adolescent trenches with you is one fucking out-of-body experience. Now, even in my 30s, Clarissa is still explaining it all. (laughs) And I couldn't be more grateful because it's really hard to make new friends when you move to a new city in your 30s and while you're filling out paperwork one day, you are suddenly a person who checks the box that says divorced. There were so many things that I've learned just Googling, like doing a deep dive Google about you yesterday. Um, 
just I knew that you had started acting because even when you came over for my birthday dinner, my daughter Florence was still awake and she had just done the last episode of Legacies. And so she was so excited to tell everyone and because she was six and she she decided she's an actress now. And I was like, well, you should ask Melissa how old she was when she started acting. And she like <laughs> couldn't believe you were like, I was three. And she was like, what? <laughs> just offended. She was like, she started at three. What have I been doing with my life this whole She's time? Late in the game. Come on. Come on. I know. But what <laughs> blows my mind is even talking, getting to know your mom uh, when we did Christmas in tune is how much of you ending up in the entertainment industry was purely driven by you. It, it was just that curiosity of like, probably like what Florence is doing, right? Like just thinking to myself, like I, I need to do that. And it was for mine was for a reason of I wanted there was a show called Romper Room. And you probably don't remember this you're too young. Um, but it was like, I don't know, it was sort of like a Sesame Street type kids show, right? And I don't remember what they did on that show. But I remember there was a Miss Marianne who was the host. And she had a magic mirror. And at the end of it, she would sit down and all the kids would be seated on the floor in front of her and she'd look in the magic mirror and she'd say, I see Candace and I see, you know, Jessica and I see she would never say Melissa, and drove me nuts. And I was like, I figured it out. I was like, those are the kids that she's looking at on the floor. I need to be on the show for her to say Melissa. And so that was my, that was my motivation for joining the business. I was like, I need to get on Romper Room. And then what I found out is my, one of my very dear friends, Kelly Martin, she recently told me we've been friends for decades. And she's like, I never told you, but I was on the Romper Room. And I was like, <gasps> what? You were on Romper Room? And you How never told you. me? Like, I need to know about this. And, you know, so I was like, yeah. So that was sort of how I started. Cause then I told my mom, I have to be on TV and she just knew someone who had had kids in the business. And so, because they were on, I got a manager and I booked my first third and fifth auditions. And so from there it was rolling. Cause my mom will tell the story actually on my podcast, she told the story about how, and I didn't really know this. She took me on two audition, audition and a callback. And then they called and said that I got the job and she goes, well, I'm really sorry to say like, we can't afford this anymore. Like we can't pay to go through the tunnel or you know, pay for the gas for my car to get to the city. It was an hour and a half drive every day into New York City. And she's like, yeah, we just can't afford to do this anymore. So I'm sorry, I won't be bringing her to the job. And they're like, no, 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 you get you get paid if she comes to the job. And she was like, wait, what? Because she thought, you know, up until then, she's paying for the gas and, you know, babysitter to watch the other kids while she takes me on auditions. So she didn't know, you know, that. And then, and then it was a national commercial. And those of us in the business know national commercials make a lot of money so she was like yeah she was all about it so uh then it was like you know I helped I helped the family with the bills for a long time there but there's seven of you right my mom has seven there's actually eight my dad has another daughter yeah so oh, there's yeah, um eight. there's eight I'm the oldest of eight kids seven girls which is wild and then also just you you know, a lot of people kind of try go like, I, I'm going to be in the industry, I want to be an actor. And then you hope that you are just a part of like one really special thing like that, that in itself just would feel so fortunate and so lucky. But you were you really were part of a full like decade, like you were part of people's adolescence and growing up. <laughs> Could you grasp that when you were on Clarissa Explains It All? Did you understand that when you were on Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Um, maybe more on Sabrina. On Clarissa, I was trying to survive. My parents were getting divorced. I'm living in New York, but I'm working in Orlando. I'm in high school. Kids in New York at my public school did not like me. I had been doing a lot of theater and commercials. I did a lot of commercials when I was little. And so when I got older and I started doing more theater and stuff in New York City, the kids 
were so brutal about like, you know, you used to be famous, you used to be on Rice Krispies commercials. And now you're just here in my French class, you know, like they were like seventh and eighth grade was kind of rough for me. And even part of ninth. And then when I got on Clarissa, I was in ninth grade and I was a little, you know, you think about those years of being like 14, 15, 16, and you're so like afraid of what your friends are going to say. And not even friends. I was afraid of what my enemies were going to say about me. (laughs) I'm still worried what 14, 15 and 16 year olds would say to me. Like they terrify me. (laughs) My son's friend, my son is 16 and his friends, I'm like, do they think I'm cool? Am I cool enough? Should I play them some of my rap instead of their rap? Like what about, you know, how can I make them think I'm cool? (laughs) Actually, I did get, I did get some props the other day from um, my son's friends because I did play some of my rap in the car with them. And they were like, this is much better than your son's music because they don't like what he plays. Mm-hmm. So they did like that I was playing like Tribe Called Quest and The Far Side yeah. and they liked some of that older rap better. <laughs> yeah, but I, I remember Clarissa was tough for me because Nickelodeon had been around for a hot minute, not long, but it was known as like a game show network and a kids network. And it was on cable and very few people had cable. Like we had cable, but, and I feel like a lot of people in our town did, but once I moved into New York City, not a lot of people had cable at this time. Yeah. So it's still sort of a new thing. and. I'm on a kid's network, you know, people will be like, oh, I, I know you from that show on the street in New York. They would stop me and I'd be like, really? You watch Nickelodeon? And I like would like pretend like I was like, ew, like, are you you're you're like in your 20s. Why are you? Watching I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed for you. But I'm on the network. So at first I didn't, you know, recognize how cool it was or how great it was. It was really just for me trying to. Uh, I, it was a job. And and up until this point, I had done so many jobs. And I was starting to, you know, around 10 or 11, you start to learn humility and start to realize, like, I, maybe I don't want to say that the lifesavers are the yummiest thing on earth. Maybe that's embarrassing to be like, mm, like take a spoonful of cereal and be like, mm, that's good. You know, and I started being like, this is cheesy. <laughs> and when I was a kid, I didn't care. I'm like, oh, yeah, that bread, best bread I've ever had. That Tylenol, best drug I've ever taken. Like, you know, everything was like, I could just blow it up to be like the greatest thing ever. And all of a sudden you hit like 11, 12 and you're like, not cool anymore. And that's how it felt like doing Clarissa. I knew Clarissa was cool. I always knew she was cool. And I loved her attitude. I loved who she was. I loved that I could, it was a little bit of me and a little bit of her kind of coming together. And she infused my life and I, you know, infused what I knew into her. And I mean, she was so cool. She had a ladder where a boy, like a cute boy who was her best friend would like crawl into her room. She had the best style, broke the fourth wall and would like talk to you directly through the camera. Like I was scared to even look at my peers face to face at that age. And she's (laughs) like, let me tell everyone who's watching this TV show how it feels to be a teenager and, you know, and have an opinion about her parents. And it just it was I rewatched a little bit of it before we uh, before talking to you today, just to like jog the memory (laughs) of how fucking cool it was. What was the time difference then between Clarissa and Sabrina? There was only enough time for me to go to like one and a half semesters of college. No, not even. Um, I I graduated high school the same, about the same time. So Clarissa, we only did 13 episodes a season. So um, was it 13? That's impossible. How did we get to 65? I don't know. Something like that. So it was like 13 to 15 episodes a season. and um, And I would do those down in Orlando. And then I remember I got done with the show around like January, like right before the holidays, maybe in 1994, I graduated high school right after that. And then by 95, I think I was doing the movie. And by 96, I was doing the series. 
So I did a movie first in Vancouver. Which your mom bought the comic for a dollar. Sabrina yep. the Teenage Witch bought it for a dollar. I just want to say like, Chris Jenner, before Chris Jenner was Chris Jenner, there was Paula Hart. There was Paula like, Hart and all her daughters. Yeah. And all of her daughters. Yep. It is wild to me. I love your mom. I love, love, love her. Uh, what a freaking badass. She is. Because uh, that people didn't ha- people weren't just buying IP. There was no like Reese's Sunshine Book Club where like before a book was even written, you're just buying it. Like that wasn't a known thing. So it is so wild to me that she had the wherewithal just to be like, yeah, we'll buy it for one dollar finding um ip like that right so it was it was interesting because it was also like she um you know she she knew because of my clarissa fan base she she knew branding like she just sort of took to that like you have a following of people from tv why are you going to go play lolita you know like i was auditioning for these movies and shows and the roles were really racy like everyone wanted me to play like a sex pot or something and so she was like no like you have a fan base you're not gonna go away from that. We should find you something within that wheel. What she missed about television when I was growing up and now she had younger daughters that weren't able to experience the same thing. She really missed um, sitting down with us and watching shows with us. She was like, all these shows I'm watching, I don't want to watch with my kid. Like, let them Mm. watch it. I'll watch something. I'll watch my show. But she missed family television. So she was like on a mission to bring family television back. And that's how she found Sabrina. She was in a, a school playground. Another producer was there and said, hey, I found this comic book. It's been around since the 60s, but, you know, nobody's done anything with it. It's an Archie comic. Do you want to, you know, make this movie? So these people wrote the script and my mom brought it to our contact at Nickelodeon, which was Viacom, uh, Viacom Studios. Um, And so Viacom was like, yeah, we'll do this. Let's sell it to Showtime. And it became a Showtime movie. But my mom the whole time was like, this would make a great series. And they're like, "Mm, we'll see. And she's doing the movie. She's like, guys, this will make a great series. And they're like, we'll see. And then she's in the editing bay as she is right now today. She's actually on a call with Lifetime right now, editing my movie that I directed. And I'm like, she was like, you want to get on this call? I'm like, no, you got it. But (laughs) she she was in the editing bay and she had the editor cut together a trailer of like what it would be like if Sabrina was a series. And she brought it out to LA. I thought she was full of crap. I was like, yeah, good luck. But um. She took it to LA. She went in and met with four networks, five now, five networks and got three offers in the room, which doesn't wow. happen. Like, yeah, there were yeah. a few things on Sabrina that don't happen. Like, so I was like 20 when I started. So I was never a teenager playing a teenage witch, but, um, but we I never was, are. I was doing, <laughs> we're yeah, never teenagers exactly. when you play teenage vampires. Either. You're giving birth to witches and I'm playing a witch and yeah. you're yeah, <laughs> always much older than we think we are. I mean, than, than people think we are. Yes. Um. Yeah. I should have been like Sabrina, the, the quarter life crisis, which like way early on. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it was, there were just so many things that happened on that show that were just so like miraculous. Like like on a TV show, you know, usually, and this is the way it goes for a lot of actors. You like, you do pilots, right? You do a lot of pilots. So pilots, like when you are basically auditioning a show, you do a show, you do an episode of the show, everybody sees it. The network decides if they have place for it, if they want to actually put the money in and develop this. And then usually, you know, if you get the pilot off the air, off the ground, you get, or on the air, then you get 13 episodes. Then you want the back end, which is another, like usually 13, about 10 or 13 episodes. So every actor is like, oh, I hope my pilot goes. Then they're like, oh, I hope we get picked up for the, you know, when the pilot goes to first season, I hope we get picked up for the back end. You get the back end. They're like, I hope we get a second season. And by second season, most actors are like, I'm done. I want a movie career. (laughs) You know, they're like, yeah, we got a second season. I want my Oscar now. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, I was well aware of how this business goes too, and how that doesn't 
always play out. That's not the best way to play things out that like stay in it as long as you get, you know, make the money, stay in a show, stay with the, stay with something that's working as opposed to jump ship. Cause this is a very fickle, fickle business, but our show in the middle of second season, our show got picked up for a third and fourth season in like how, like we didn't even get, we were hoping for the back end of season two and we ended up getting season finishing season two and three and four. So then my lawyers went and said, well, if you really want the show that badly, you should back pay Melissa for the first season. <laughs> so like, it was like the gift that kept on giving. And our crew was just so amazing. We were all so close, so tight. And when this happened, we all knew it's such a weird thing in this business to have to have, know you have career stability. Yeah. Any sort of job security. Yeah. Yeah. Job security and income. So everybody was like, oh my gosh, we're employed for another two and a half years. We know what we're doing. And this wasn't, most of our crew was a little bit older. They'd come off like shows like Murder, She Wrote, and they had worked together for a while. So a lot of them were like, I'm going to retire after this. And then of course they're like two and a half years of like constant work. And I don't have to like look for another job or hope something yeah. comes up or hope someone will hire me. I'm just going to be working for the next two and a half years. They all retired after. So it was like a gift for everybody. It was, it yeah. was just amazing. And we all had so much fun. And it was in the heyday of television when television still took care of you. Like our rap parties were in Vegas or like we did an episode at Disney World and the whole crew got to come. Nowadays it'd be like, Let's bring three cast members, one writer, and we'll hire everyone in Florida, right? And we'll green screen everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Money. Yeah, we'll let you shoot down there for one afternoon, yeah. and then we'll, yeah. We're going to no. hold up this stuffed animal Mickey Mouse next to your face and pretend Just that you're this, really happy. Yeah. Look, I'm in Disney. But no, it was like, we spent two weeks at Disney. They shut down wow. the park and let us ride rides Holy late at night. The entire, shit. like, 100-person crew went. It was amazing. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Oh. 
when I was auditioning for Vampire Diaries was a time when TV was considered not cool in the industry. Like it was, gosh, could you imagine being stuck on a TV show? And I'm like, I just want a job. My dream is to be stuck on a TV show for years and years and years. I remember even being at an event after Vampire Diaries has been on the air and there was like this like Australian dude who like just made it to LA, like, you know, networking the event and just like chatting with like a whole group of actors, you know, that I was just kind of like standing there socially awkward with my cocktail. And he was just like, you know, with pilot season, could you imagine like, you know, being on some like CW show? Oh, how embarrassing that would be. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm on a CW show. <laughs> and he was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's the job security is really nice. Like I yeah. actually wasn't late to the party because I could afford to valet my car because um, I'm working on one of those embarrassing CW yeah, shows. But, I'm, uh, I'm working. But, I'm yes. acting. But did you ever get caught up in, oh, yeah. in the like, I I need to be I want an Oscar or bust. I want what am I doing with yeah. my life? Like the fact that you had that moment with like commercials where funny enough, like my version of auditioning for commercials was as an adult just looking to make money. And I was just like, yeah, I'll make it. I'll do a, a cheer about meat. Go yeah. meet Oscar Myers the best. And yeah, see, when did- I was little, I was motivated by Barbie dolls. And then there was a point where I didn't want Barbie dolls anymore. And I was like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? And then later on, of course, it becomes, I want to put gas in my car. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I love, you know, life cereal. Let's do it. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, no, I had a lot of those moments. And especially on Sabrina, it was, first of all, when Sabrina came out here, I don't know if you can see behind me. Of course, there's my driving crazy poster, but there's the yes. side of the bus with me Ugh. on it for Sabrina. Oh my gosh, I love half it. Half of it's ripped off on the other side. And the other half was Clueless. But that might be the only ad where it was... Actually, you can still see the C from Clueless. But um, that might be the only ad where it was like 50-50. Because everything was like... Every People magazine or whatever had three quarters of the page was like, Clueless, starring this, doing that, blah, 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 blah. And on the bottom, and then stick around and watch Sabrina. And within one season, Clueless was moved to, I think, WB. And we were... Like, we held up the night. Like, we were became TGIF. And, um, and so it was, and I think, I think Clueless lasted like two or three seasons or something, but, um, it wasn't the huge hit that everyone expected it to be. So, and Sabrina ended up being like this little, we always called it like the little show that could, because everyone was like, yeah, that show about the witch or whatever. And then it like grew legs and lasted for seven years and still lives in people's hearts. And, um, but it was constant. I was constantly told I was like, you know, runner up or, um, and then, you know, anytime I was out in public, it was, well you're a TV star. Like it wasn't like actress, Melissa. It was like TV star, like keep you in your place. Like not a movie star. And I was told if I wanted to be a movie star, I had to lose another 10 pounds. So I tried to be bulimic for one day that did not work. Um, I was like, maybe I could do Coke. That sounds fun. (laughs) No, it's too expensive. Like (laughs) (laughs) the Coke prices are really up these days. I'd have to do another life commercial. I I hear it's addicting and you want more. I'm not going to try that kind of stuff. No, that's like the one thing I was like, I was like, I'm going to stay away from that. Because it sounds... It sounds great and expensive. So I'm not usually do doesn't that. go well for the long term no. plan. Yeah. No, same with shoes. I never got addicted to shoes. I was like, I can't, I can't be spending money on shoes. That's ridiculous. No, Very purses, smart. yes. Shoes, yeah. no. Uh-huh. Totally. But, get yeah. It. So it was, you know, and, and there, there were some things I regret as far as like movies I turned down. Like what? It, what's the one that like lingers in the back of your head? Well, I'm not sad I didn't do it, but I'm sad I didn't do it because. I didn't see the potential. It was, um, so, okay. So to preface it, I started off, I, I auditioned for the movie Scream 
Um, I think I was auditioning for the Nev Campbell part because yeah, the only person that had a job was Drew Barrymore. And I think she was a producer on it or something, but she had the opening role where she gets, of course, brutally murdered. No, no spoilers. It's the beginning of the movie, yeah. um, but <laughs> it's uh, been out for a while, guys. It's been out for a long time. If you haven't seen it, that's your problem. But um, yeah, I read it and I was like, this is brilliant. Although, by the way, I have terrible sense when I read scripts, I am way off on what's good and what's not way off. I really need someone else to tell me because I don't trust my instincts at all anymore. Um, but Scream, I thought, was really, really good. And that might be the only time I was right. And then, of course, everything that came down the pipe came to me first. Like, I know what you did last summer. That's the main one that I turned out. I was so adamant that I would not do that movie, that they came back to me for the second one. I think there was a third one. They came to me for Urban Legend, for um, uh, Flight, something something about the plane that went down. I don't know. Like, all these ghost stories, horror stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. I had decided if I couldn't do Scream... I wasn't doing horror and that was not my genre. I was not going to do horror. Although that's what was taken off at the time was like these teen, but they just seemed cheesy and campy to me. I didn't see the fun in it. If I was going to have only two months off, I wanted to do like you just, I wanted an Oscar role, right? I wanted um, to do some big, fantastic thing that was going to blow people's minds. Cause here I was known as like this little funny TV girl. Like, what could I do that would blow people's minds and get them to think of me as a serious actress, right? It was all about being a serious actress. Cut to 2007, I'm on SVU, Law and Order. And I was like, I did one episode and I was like, I will never act again if I don't do comedy. <laughs> so <laughs> forget this serious bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I was on that show and I was like, I have lived in this rape and like uh, my character had an abortion. I was living in the, like this mindset for nine days of like torture mm-hmm. and I was like never again comedy for me only <laughs> so um I was like I am quitting the business if I can't do comedy but if I had known that then you know but I didn't see the fun in doing a campy fun teen flick about the guy with the hook you know coming after the kids in the car so I wish I had because I think more doors would have been open to me in the future but I really stood on that for a long time of like mm-hmm. I don't want to do like I don't want to do a horror movie and I mean, for better or worse, what happened was my uh, my production company ended up growing from me not doing it because every year ABC would beg my mother. They'd like knock on the door and be like, can Melissa do a Sabrina movie this summer? And I'd be like, absolutely not. I spend all year playing Sabrina. I'm going to play something else in the summer. And they'd be like, well, we'll shoot it in Australia with all your best friends. And I'd be like, all right, that sounds good. Let's do that. Yeah. What are we going? <laughs> Let's, Let's do go that. tomorrow. So I ended up doing a lot more Sabrina than I thought I would only because I, you know, I I had these unbelievable, my mom was like, she wants to learn to scuba dive, pay for her certification and she'll do it. Or, you know, so all that kind of stuff was like the first year it was like, Melissa really wants to be in a remake of Roman holiday. So let's do Sabrina goes to Rome and we'll make it like, instead of a princess, she's a witch. And, you know, the paparazzi are chasing her, but she doesn't know it. And she falls in love with the guy who's really trying to catch her in the act. And and so I did like a Roman holiday reboot type thing in a witch, you know, costume. I went to Rome with some friends and we had a blast. But well, actually, I broke up with my boyfriend. That was a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> but we the Rome and the friends part is probably very, very fun. And I think that that's what gets forgotten sometimes is just like when you can relax with like some sort of like power of your own agency of, you know, that in itself is such a gift where yeah. I have to remind myself like, 
when I've been lucky enough to have the opportunity to, you know, engage with someone or meet someone who has been a part of even a, a, on set for like a film or a show that I am just like enamored by. And then whenever I hear like, oh, my gosh, it was just so stressful and everyone was stressed and we were always behind. And, and then when you, you know, think on things that you've worked on that, you know, it was just such a joyful time and everyone was in a great yeah. mood. You're like, okay, there is something to be said about that, especially, yeah. you know, now, you know, finding ourselves in, in this industry at like such a bizarre time in the world, you know, when people were trying to film and work during COVID, which is just yeah. wild. Um, But I do want to, I think, something that we do parallel is the fact that we kind of played beloved characters and also still very much look like those people where I think like, you know, men can kind of grow out of their characters because they become from boys to men and where uh, we kind of still just look like those characters a bit yeah. where it, yes, you kind yes. of feel like you never grow out of them or and not even shake them because it's not about shaking them. But after Sabrina was done, um, how soon did you find yourself in like really did you have a period of like wanting to just be Melissa and like who are you did you have an identity crisis because it sounds like also this was almost the entirety of your 20s as well yeah. and you'd go on to get married and have kids like yeah as soon as we wrapped I was married I definitely had an identity crisis everywhere I went I was called Sabrina it's never called my real name so much so that at the bars and stuff I started coming up with games of like you know are you Sabrina are you buying a drink like you know I started like I actually, oh my gosh, I actually threw a glass of water while I was really drunk in Cabo San Lucas at Oscar de la Hoya's house. He called me Sabrina and I threw an entire glass of water in his face. At Oscar de la Hoya? Yes. In his house, with surrounded by his bodyguards. Like, this man has lethal weapons for fists. <laughs> and I decide that that's the moment to stand on my principles of, I won't be called, that's not my name. Learn my name if you want to hang out with me. Like, I'm in his Listen. house. Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> what the hell? Like the bodyguards had to separate me from him. Like, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. No, that sounds like a slight identity crisis a little bit. How did you then navigate that? Well, what happened, funny enough, I think, and I've only like recently figured this out. I think I got my name back when I did Dancing with the Stars. Interesting. And sort of with social media, like it became that they, it was okay to call me that everyone learned that my name was Melissa, not Sabrina. And Melissa rhymes a lot with Sabrina and Clarissa. Like, yeah, it's similar. So people, I mean, still to this day, look, I'll be on set and like someone the other day called me Sabrina on set that I've been working with for two weeks. But um, so it happens and I get that. But uh, I think it was Dancing with the Stars. That's where I've always given it credit. But now that I think about it, Dancing with the Stars is also kind of the start of Twitter for me. It was 2009. Did you want to do Dancing with the Stars? Like, were you like, this would be great? Or were you like, okay, this is <laughs> this is where I'm right now. And this is a new chapter. I was asked to do the first season when it was coming over from the UK. And I was like, yes, I want to do that. Because I used to love to dance. And that's what I really wanted to be when I was little was a dancer. And I used to teach dance. And I used to take dance six days a week. I would teach dance just so I could afford my ballet classes on Monday. So I decided that, yes, this sounds exactly like what I want to do. I would love to show everybody how I dance. And I'd love to try to dance. I'd love to try to learn from professionals how to really dance all different dances, right? It sounded fabulous. I was under contract with Fox at the time for a show I was going to do. So they wouldn't let me out of my contract to do an ABC show. It was only like 10 weeks, but they wouldn't let me out of the contract in case the pilot went. Of course, it didn't. 
Turns out I was pregnant anyway. So I would have had to quit or probably would have had to quit. Who knows? It was my first pregnancy and I was scared of everything. So I probably would have quit. But then I actually ended up, I got asked again. Well, the next year I was still pregnant. The next season I was still pregnant. (laughs) You just kept getting pregnant. Yes. I kept getting (laughs) pregnant. You know, this guy keeps knocking me up, but, um, that is my husband, but so it's okay. (laughs) But, (laughs) but I, uh, I ended up uh, doing season nine because like season four and five, when I asked, I was like, guys, I, I can do it now. They were like, mm, you have too much experience. We've decided to go with people that are, are unexperienced. I'm like, we're inexperienced. I was like, no, you're not. I'm watching the show. These people perform on stage in like Vegas every night and no. So season nine, they asked me finally. And I'd already told the press so many times like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And my friend Soleil, I don't know if you know Soleil Moonfry, um, who was on Sabrina with me, but she was known as Punky Brewster when she was a little girl. She was like, you know, have people see you as the sexy mom instead of like the little girl that they think you are from TV still. Like, this is a chance for you to be you. I was Mm -hmm. like, that's true. And I went there like all like, this is going to be so much fun. And everyone's like, aren't you worried about the judges? And I was like, no, I'm just nervous that I'm going to have to dance live in front of people. Like I'm like peeing my pants, like nervous, but I'm so excited. This is going to be great. And I hated the whole experience. (laughs) It is my literal nightmare. And not because of like the dancing and like the amount of pressure to then dance. No, 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 no. I cannot handle that. Like that is my actual nightmare. The worst thing was the fact that I went in there thinking I'm just here to have fun. I just Mm want to dance. This is what I've always wanted to do. I'm just going to dance. It's so produced, the production numbers. Like my partner was like 15 years younger than me. So we had nothing in common. And then on top of all that, it's like, I didn't expect to feel so good about what I did. And I thought if I screwed up, I would know and the judges would reflect that. But that very first dance, I didn't miss a step. I didn't pee in my pants. I didn't fall over. Which after having kids, that is a big deal on top of nerves. (laughs) Just want to say. I I survived and I got every step right. It might not have looked gorgeous, but I got every step right, which I thought should count for a 10 somewhere. And then they're like, five, five, four. I was like, maybe it was six. I don't even know. But I was like, floor, like you're on cloud nine and you quickly drop to like, you're in a low level of hell. You're like, what just happened here? I was so proud of myself. And y'all just like shit on me. (laughs) Like, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, I guess I do care what you guys think because I mean, I was out here to perform, but I didn't, I guess I didn't like cut it or whatever, which was just a weird feeling because I'd never really been competitive before. Yeah, no, I am way too fragile emotionally to handle (laughs) those lines. It would just not bode well for me. I would have my therapist on speed dial. Like when oh, it cuts yeah. to the friends and family, yeah. it would just be my therapist over there with their thumbs up being like, it's okay. <laughs> like it's, You can it's, still it love wasn't, yourself. I wasn't expecting it because I really don't like put a lot of value in what other people think of me. But for some reason, I was like, this time I was like, yeah, I uh, like I it was just afterwards. You're like literally floating on air. I survived. And then they're like, <clears throat> and you're like, oh, OK, that's. That wasn't that wasn't good. What did I do wrong? Then you got to go back and watch it. And you're like, did I screw up really bad? Was I terrible? Like, what did I do? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Do you think being able to attribute the fact that you don't care much about what other people think of you is tied into, you know, like an element of your mom and the way that she raised you? The fact that you had a lot of successes at a young age, but then there's also the fact that a lot of child, you know, the whole child actor, you know, is usually going to be a screw up or there's going to be something wrong and then they run away from the business never to be seen again or they're just stuck in rehab for years. And well, the thing is, I've thought a lot about this, right? That's actually why I wrote a book, because everybody's always asked me, like, why are you so normal? How'd you end up so normal? And I'm like, well, if you think about it, you only hear the stories of the bad things. You yeah. only hear the, ba- the terrible stories, the parents that stole the money, the kid that ended up in rehab, you know the suicides or whatever, you only hear those stories. You didn't hear about, and until like Lifetime Hallmark time, when people started kind of putting a little nostalgia, taking actors from, uh, that were that were familiar to you back in the day on TV and putting you in movies and stuff, you didn't really know about the fact that Candace Cameron went on to get married and have three kids and lived in, you know, her husband's a hockey player. So she didn't feel the need to work maybe, or she was having babies and focusing on other things or Danica McKellar from Wonder Years or, Malcolm Jamal Warner, who went on to direct. And I was like, that's what I want to do. You didn't really hear about the like Lacey Chabert or, you know, all these great people that that did well, because that's a boring story. And were happy and had great lives. It is They were content and they didn't yes, need content, to yes. be out there, like yes. throw in their crap in everyone's face. The thing is, look, in our industry, I, I try to relate actors and, and, and artists in a way, like back to the Moulin Rouge days, right? So if you watch the movie Moulin Rouge, or you know anything about that time and Toulouse, the track and all these people, you're looking at like artists. Artists are slightly crazy, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, they're just like slightly crazy. So there's always going to be an element of things that come with that. 
there's a need for an actor to put on different skins, to be different people. And a lot of the time that also goes along with being uh, not confident or having self-esteem issues, all that rejection that's thrown at you, constantly feeling like you need to do better. It's not the kind of job where you work your way up the ladder and get the corner office and the big promotion. It's the kind of job where you get a big TV show and what the hell are you do next? Um, You do a big movie, but the next one flops, you know, it's not the kind of business where you can build on things. It's constantly reinventing yourself. And that kind of creativity, any artist, any kind of creative personality, there's a lot of addiction that comes with that because you're dealing with the rejection or you're dealing with big fame that comes all of a sudden you don't know how to handle or that fame gets squashed all of a sudden and you don't know how to handle it or a tragedy happens in the family and you can't take time away from work or you have to take time away from work and you don't get to work and then you've fallen off the face of the earth from people and everyone goes, where have you been? You know, what have you been doing? So it it just goes hand in hand with like a little bit of like people end up with issues. You know, yeah. we, we do have a lot of uh, there's a lot of mental instability that comes with this job. And I think that the question, like, what have you been up to? What have, what are you doing now? Like that one kills me every time. Yeah, because what's what also kills me is when I'm standing there holding the hand of my six year old daughter and my other hand is on the stroller for my one and a half year old daughter. And they're like, but what are you doing? I've been really busy with great things. I, I'm, I've got kids. I'm d- raising children. Like, is that an, like working and also ma- like, I just feel like I, I have to come up and it's really, I feel like that's the work that I've been trying to do more recently is giving myself the permission to be content and to be yeah. happy and to be present and not feel like I'm failing myself at missed opportunities or what I should have been doing. Well, it goes back to me and my Rice, Rice Krispies commercials and the fact that I was like always on these commercials and the boy in the seventh grade French class that made me f- literally called me a has-been because I hadn't been doing commercials. But I was doing a Broadway play with William Hurt and Callista Flockhart and Lois Smith. And and like I, I went on to do one of Joe Mantello's first plays written by Peter Hedges. And, and like Joe Mantello went on to direct like Wicked and like is one of the biggest Broadway. Actually, he was just in that show Hollywood. Um, Hollywood Land? Anyway, he's like one of the biggest Broadway directors and I was working with him, but everyone convinced me I was a has-been. Like you cannot, and in this day and age, it's so hard with social media, but you cannot put your value on any anything anyone says to you is totally not your business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't I know like the that. things people say about us, you know? Yes. Yeah, I know. I'm definitely one of those people who are like, please just say it behind my back. Don't say it yeah, to my yeah, face. Yeah. Don't like, say it to please, my face. Or you know what? This is where like, in a sense, I don't get... Um, I don't take compliments because I also don't want to take the criticism. And I kind of go mm. both ways with that. I'm yeah. like, I can't have either of these things. So I, I, I won't take the, I won't take the compliment because I won't take the criticism. So I don't want to hear what you have to say either way, because you're either blowing smoke or even if you're being truthful, then it's the other way around. You're either when, when you're, when you hate what I do, you're either, and, and, and our business is not the kind where you can, there's no real scale for it. It's just personal opinion. Did you do a good job or did you not? Did you like the movie or did you not? Do you love the show or you don't? Like I had so many people when Sabrina started say they just love the cat that I started to get offended. Everyone loves this fucking cat. Like, what about me? I mean, the cat was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> the cat was great. Look, I love I any scene I had with the cat. Best co-star ever. Never forgot his lines. Yeah. Didn't give me attitude. <laughs> You know, the freaking thing sat there on a desk and someone underneath had a joystick and Nick Bakaya is off in an office somewhere recording the voice. It was amazing. But 
I started to get a little, there was a moment there where I got jealous of everybody like loves the cat. Oh, fine. Like love the puppet. Like, what is this? The Muppets? You know, like. I know it is funny too when you start thinking like, oh, well, these, the, this is the project that people like respect and, and, and it makes you like a real actor. Whereas like, you know, a very small amount of the population saw it. And then it's and then you have something else where you're like, well, no one's really paying attention. And then you look at the numbers and you're like, holy shit, everybody watches this, which I really want to tie into the freaking Christmas movies. I mean, when you and Paula kind of started your like stepping into the Christmas film, especially the TV Christmas movie world, what was the landscape like at this point? Because now it is wild to see how quickly that shifted in like one decade. Yeah, it's a uh, it is a genre now of its own, which it wasn't before. It's interesting. I started like not I really, really held off on doing them because because of what I talked about before, the nostalgia element element of it all coming from these actors that hadn't worked in a while or had taken time off for their lives um, and then come back to this. Well, the first one I did was really holiday and handcuff. Well, not holiday. I did one in 1986 called Christmas Snow, but then cut to 19 or 2006. And I did holiday and handcuffs with Mario Lopez. Well, Mario was hired because of Dance with the Stars. Was this on Lifetime? No, this was an ABC family movie, actually. Oh. And they and it was hilarious. And it's still like the number one highest rated TV Christmas movie ever, or maybe even highest rated original TV movie ever. Something like that. We loved doing that movie. And then the genre sort of grew. Hallmark started doing them and then Lifetime caught on. And ABC Family was always doing a few here and there. But they would do all kinds of movies, not just Christmas movies. And um, I got asked to do a few. And I was kind of like, I don't know. I feel like that's where I go when I retire. Like, I feel like that's like the last ditch effort of like, I can't get a job anymore. Let me go do this. And I really fought it again. I fought it hard. Like, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I still need, I can't give up yet. I still have to have that movie supposed career. Supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm supposed to do an episodic to. show that'll lead to a serious movie career, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, and then I did Law and Order to change my mind on that. But then, yeah, life, I finally gave in, you know what I did was I said, I want to direct it. If I can direct it, I'll be in one. So I took a small part in a movie I directed called The SantaCon for Lifetime. And that just started it rolling. It was good money. It was a way to keep making movies, making the movies I want to make, producing them, directing them, starring in them. And to this day, it's been super like awesome. It's been lucrative. It's been creative. I get to like I just finished directing one called The Santa Boot Camp with um, Rita Moreno and Emily Kinney. And, you know, I I got to produce yours and, I you know, I I get to be in one next year. I I didn't act in one this year, but last year I did one in Montana because I wanted to ride horses. And I went to my cousin's wedding in, in Wyoming and was like, a dude ranch Christmas. That's what this should be. And so we did that movie, you know, like I was like, this is a perfect Christmas movie. And like we created mistletoe in Montana came out of, you know, me going to my cousin's wedding in Wyoming, but it's, it's fun. I get to like, I get to really stretch my wings a little bit creatively. It's still a business, a TV, the TV movie business is still thriving in a way. It's yeah. always been a big money maker for me more so than I drive me crazy. I got paid more on like NBC TV movies than I ever got paid on that movie. Yeah, but you got to hang out with Britney Spears. Totally worth it. You got to be in the drive me crazy music videos. Hey, she got to hang out with me. Hold on. I'm like five years older than her. So (laughs) this is true. This is true. I just like that music video is so iconic and the Sundays and like the. Well, that leads to my super bloom moment, actually. Oh, man, but you got to go pick up your son. I know, but you want to hear my super bloom real quick? 
Yes, but I also have like a tag. I feel like we need to make this a two-parter. We can do a two-parter. Can we do a two-parter? Yeah. Will you come back? And by I will. Come and back, I'll tell you my, what just... I think my super blue moment was, and it ties to Brittany and drive me crazy. I love that. Well, let's let's save that for the second half because okay. I also just want to keep looking at your beautiful face and talking your face off. Um, I know. Can you make me a flower wall, though? No, never again. I am. That is my rule. I'm never fucking doing that again. You <laughs> have so to. Long. You have to make me one. <laughs> no. Okay. So before you go, before we uh, end this half of the episode and come back for the second part, um, I just want to just to cool off, cool off a little like a uh, kind of mid mid episode uh, cool down. I like to ask all my guests five things. Thumbs up. Something that you like. Something that you know. Something that you hate. Something that you love. And then a quirky little fact about you. <laughs> so what's something that you like thumbs up you like it chocolate ice cream love it anytime anywhere Done. i never say no to chocolate ice cream i mean i just love talking about any desserts with you i <laughs> <laughs> i just love it i'm always like why am i 20 pounds no. oh i wonder why i'm always talking no. about food <laughs> You're like the football game was so great and then there's this cake and it was like it's just i'm like i know i love the cake i will eat the it was cake a rainbow too cake covered in like duncan Hines icing like i was like yes you have to it's the rule okay something that you know i know how to race car drive that's okay uh, we are putting a button in that to also talk that i used in to do the a lot. next yeah. episode like a hobby you didn't just like do it once in an event no, I I got asked to do it quite a bit because there weren't very many females that could do it. And I okay. love drive, okay. like driving. Yeah. Um, I'm going to write that down for our next episode. Uh, okay. I also have a very funny race car driving story. Okay, oh. so something that you hate. Middle finger, you hate it. That Four Non Blonde song. Didn't we talk about that on my <laughs> podcast? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> What's going on? Yes. Yeah. Nope. That's done. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, but you're like, I'm not stepping outside. I'm not. No. 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 Oh, thanks a lot. Now it's <laughs> yeah. in my head. <laughs> okay. Something that you love. And it can't be your husband and kids. I was no, going to say, I'm like, I know, oh, I know, I know, I, know. I, miss him. <laughs> I know. It's beautiful. Um, we love it. But just what's something that something you love? Something I love. Uh, oh, I love thunderstorms. I love that. I yeah. love thunderstorms. They make yeah. unless here in Tennessee they're a little scary because they might come with a tornado. Yeah, as long as there's no tornado, yeah. as long as it's not like hot and cold in the same day, love a thunderstorm. Or a Friday night when you're trying to finish a movie outside because that happened to me two mm. weeks ago with my movie Santa Boot Camp and I couldn't yes. finish the movie and it was so frustrating. But yeah, yes. so otherwise, as I long love, as you're like, not with Rita Moreno at. 5 a.m. in the morning. Outdoors at 5 a.m. trying to f- complete a picture. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And then a quirky little fact about you, besides the fact that you almost tr- threw a drink in, or you did throw a drink in Oscar right. De La Hoya's face, and you also are um, a race car driver on the side. What is what is another just random little fun fact? I have two tattoos. Is that a random fact? I don't know. I, don't, I noticed them yesterday, actually. Was the first, because yeah. they're on your, are they both on your feet? No, one's on my foot, one's on my neck. I have a cross <gasps> on the back of my neck that I got, and I never get a tattoo in the U.S. It always has to be while I'm traveling. So I've got a cross on the back of my neck that I got at a joint. Like, I went with three girlfriends that were getting having bachelorette parties to, uh, that's when I was in Cancun, actually, or Cabo, oh with the Oscar <laughs> de la Hoya. I got the tattoo And you night. got a tattoo? Oh, yep. my gosh. Yep. I, need, and, I feel like we need um, a whole episode about this Cabo trip. I know. Just- this, this, I'll tell you, I throw some great parties. Um, and I have a stingray on my big toe on my right foot from Tahiti. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, go pick up your sons from school and um, let's do this again very soon. Yeah. We'll go do our Radnor walk and then we'll uh, and then we'll do part two where we get into the real super blue moment. Let's do it. Let's do lunch tomorrow or something. 
This has been a Super Boom podcast, hosted by me, Candace King, produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond Imprint Productions. Post production sound by Chris Henry and advertisement partnerships with ACAST. 